This is The Mitch Gray Show, where we are bringing the art of humanity back to leadership. Subscribe to The Mitch Gray Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where you'll find each of our episodes and other resources that will equip, inspire, and empower you to lead well. And now, The Mitch Gray Show. What is up, brothers and sisters? Thanks for listening to The Mitch Gray Show. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just look up The Mitch Gray Show, G-R-A-Y is how you spell that last name, and subscribe. Also, spread the word. We've got so much great content, so many great guests that um, we definitely want as many people as possible listening, especially those that are in leadership positions in business running their own organizations or involved in hiring and developing employees. Um, great content for them. Today, we are going to talk about why culture matters why culture matters. You hear the word culture being thrown around. Everyone is saying we need good culture. We, you know, you have to know your culture. I talk about it a lot. But when you're discussing these things and as, as the ideas and the concepts are being tossed around so much, especially in the day and age of social media, at some point you have to define what those concepts look like. And you have to paint the picture of the idea so that that painting of that picture can elicit thought and thought can elicit planning and planning can elicit strategy and strategy can bring about implementation. Because it's all good and well if we talk about these great ideas like culture and what that can do for people and people bringing it up all the time. You have good culture, bad culture. I left because of the culture. Maybe they're talking about culture in other ways that, and they don't know to use that word. So if we define things and if we paint the picture of what things look like, it gives us a better communicative platform. So today we're going to talk about why culture matters. So let's define culture. And I'm going to define it in the way that I believe makes sense. This is not Webster's dictionary definition, although it's going to be close in different words. Culture, when I define that to someone, I use a phrase that I heard when I was a kid. It's actually a, a sacred text per se. And that phrase is, culture is really how you live move and have your being or exist. Culture is the DNA of your existence. It's really the manifestation of your inward thoughts and ideas and solicitations to yourself that you're projecting out to others. It's how you live. It's how you move. And it's how you exist or have your being. It's the very essence of your existence. That's culture. And that applies directly when we're talking about organizations, businesses. The culture in your organization is how you live, move, and exist. It's how you treat your customers. It's how you treat your employees. It's how you treat yourself. It's how you speak to all of those people. It's how you relate to your product. If you have a product, it's how you relate to your message. And so Really, if you're designing a marketing plan or you're designing a message of any kind, a mission, a vision statement, really those are simply a direct reflection of your culture or the idea of your culture. You know, you can really measure 
someone's seriousness, uh, commitment to their culture, when you look at a mission vision statement, and if you deal with them on a frequent basis, and all of a sudden you realize through that experience that their actions don't really reflect their mission and vision. It would be kind of like someone saying, you know, our mission is to take 20% of every cell and donate it to a charity. Yet you go to look at their books and they're only donating 5%. So all of a sudden that mission vision statement doesn't relate with their culture, with their living and moving and having their being. So culture is how you live, move, and exist, have your being. Then the question becomes, how do we measure culture? You know, culture is kind of this strange ghost that we know exists. We experience it, and we say that in more or less words in different ways. But how do you really measure culture? So I'm going to help you do that today. I'm going to give you a couple of things to pay attention to, and then I'm going to ask you some questions at the end of this episode that can really help you take note of measuring your culture. And I want to start with a story. Quite a few years ago, I had the fortune of of, um, visiting the San Aldefonso Pueblo in New Mexico. New Mexico is my home state in America. And I had the the pleasure of visiting this place, and it was very inspirational for me. It actually, uh, those few days actually inspired, back in my music days, it inspired a whole album that I recorded in 2013-14. It also inspired a book. Uh, My last book that came out in 2018 was an inspirational slash spiritual book. And that book was really inspired and motivated by my few days uh, in San Aldefonso. And one of the things I talk about in the book and actually wrote a song about, a specific song, and that I carry with me often is in the middle of this this Pueblo, the San Aldefonso Pueblo is this massive tree. I mean, this tree is, is one of the largest trees I've ever seen in my life. And when you talk to the people uh, at the, the San Aldefonso Pueblo, they can track this tree back like four or 500 years. I don't know. It's insane how far back they can track this tree. And that's how, you know, they've been there much longer, right? but they can track, trace this tree back to that long. And I will never forget when I first encountered this tree, I tend to be a person that's very impacted by my environment, by energy in the environment. And I, and I tend to be able to read this energy and really feel it. And as I walked up on this tree, I, I was just all of a sudden, it was like, it was a spiritual awakening being in the presence of this tree. And when you know the San Aldefonso history and many Pueblos in America and other parts of the world and the, and the stories, the incredible stories of humanity and the experiences that these people have gone through over centuries, some longer than that. And then you come across a tree that has experienced all of those life circumstances, wars, um, romances, how many people have sat under that tree and that tree has served as a safe shelter, a safe haven, as inspiration for books and love letters and maybe even planning of you know, taking over other Pueblos or when that Pueblo was attacked by various other humans. Just think of the stories that tree has been able to 
witness and to tell. And I bring the big tree up in relation to culture because that tree is a very vital part. It is a pillar of culture for the Sanai people. They have their sacred grounds and they have their places that are protected because those grounds and things like that tree are in the DNA of their culture. And I bring that up because that directly relates to culture within your business. In other words, what pillars, what protected areas have you created within your organization that are now the foundational points by which everything else is being built? The problem is many organizations don't have their big tree and everything filters through the big tree. If it doesn't make sense regarding the big tree, the, the sacred grounds, the moments in time that we protect, if it doesn't relate to that and corrugate with that and align with that, then we don't do it. And that goes down to even people that you hire. You know, so many people are hiring based on vacancy, rather based on if it aligns with the big tree, with the pillars of the organization. And that's a major mistake. And so let the big tree, the story of the big tree in San Alfonso Pueblo inspire you to consider what pillars of culture within our organization are we aligning things with? And if you don't have those pillars yet, that's okay. But it's time to really take inventory and consider how can we build those pillars? How can we plant the seed that will become the big tree that we know we have alignment with? And so really, how do you do that? That's what I mean by measuring culture. That's what I mean by having those pillars that you can lay the foundation of success and empowerment and inclusion and diversity and hope within your organization. So I want to give you three things quickly that will help you begin to understand why culture matters and how you can start laying the foundation of that value system. And the first thing is you have to listen to the data. The data is telling us a story. The, the, the numbers and the responses of employees from thousands of companies over time, that data is telling us a story. And here are a few things you can listen to. Did you know that 23% of surveyed employees revealed that happiness in the workplace is actually correlated more with coworkers than supervisors? 23%. Now, on the surface, that may not seem like a lot, but I guarantee you this. If you listen to 23% of the people that are leaving your company and you can figure out how to make them happy and satisfied, that alone will majorly impact the cost of operations. And also, if you could keep 23% more of the people that are leaving and they're now satisfied and happy, their performance is going to go up. You can impact your bottom line and your revenue overnight by keeping more of your people and by making sure they're happy and satisfied. I call that the culture of teamwork. 30% you can get 30% better employee retention if you become a better leader. In other words, employees are telling us that 30% that more of them are likely to stick around because their retention rate is directly related to better leadership. People are leaving 
because of bad leadership. I call that the culture of leading from your humanity, becoming a more transparent leader, helping share the vision more, relating directly to your people, not being the leader that just sits in the office and is stagnated and people can't relate to. If you want better employee retention, you can impact that by 30% just simply by learning how to become a better leader. Did you know that almost 50% of HR managers say that 50% of their annual turnover is directly related to burnout? 50% of HR leaders, so half of HR leaders are saying that half of the employee turnover is happening because of burnout. I call that the culture of alignment. In other words, burnout happens either because people are misaligned or haven't been developed properly. If you can align people in positions that, that are perfect with your team, with their personality, with their work ethic, and lastly, with their expertise, if you can align people in those areas, you're all of a sudden going to avoid most of the burnout. And then if you can give people the right development so they don't feel overwhelmed, they don't feel stressed, they leave on Friday already stressing about Monday, that's because you have not set them up in proper alignment and with the proper knowledge and how to. So you can avoid the majority of your turnover by aligning properly and by developing properly. Highly engaged employees are 40% less likely to look for another job Highly engaged employees are 40% less likely to look for another job. So if you want to cut your turnover in half, make sure you're empowering your people. I call that the culture of empowerment. Highly engaged. They're involved in making decisions. When, when you ask them their opinion or their feedback, you actually take action on that. They feel like they have an ownership in what's taking place. They know that their work has value in creating and fulfilling the larger vision. If you want to cut your turnover by almost 50%, make sure you are empowering your people. I love this one. 44% of employees would consider taking a job with a different company for less than 20% pay increase. Almost half of people that leave your company are leaving your company for less than a 20% pay increase. I always say people take a job for money, but they don't stay for money. That is what I call a culture of hope. If people don't feel hopeful, if they don't feel empowered, if they don't feel like they're a part of the larger vision, they are not going to stay with you. And guess what? They're not taking jobs because they're getting paid more. They're taking jobs because they feel hopeless. And that's a direct reflection of your leadership. The great thing is you can change that. And lastly, in listening to the data, 70% of high retention risk employees say they will leave their current position for job for career advancement. So in other words, up to 70% of people that are thinking about leaving your company are going to leave your company because they feel like they can't advance. The crazy thing is you should be doing most of your recruiting internally. When you have a leadership position open, that should rarely, if ever, be filled by someone outside of your organization. Because if it is, that's a direct reflection of your lack of development. You should, I, I compare it to the sport of baseball. 
Baseball is great because you have your professional teams and then you have what they call farm leagues, farm teams. So every professional team in Major League Baseball owns other teams and they're simply there for development because they know the place that they're going to find the majority of their replacement players are within their own system. And that is the system you should be using as well. 70% of employees thinking about leaving are leaving because they don't feel they have an opportunity for advancement. I call that the culture of opportunity. Listen to the data, pay attention to it. The second thing is raise your awareness. Take note of what is taking place around you. What are your team members saying? How are they responding to what's happening? When you roll out a new product or you roll out a new service or you bring about a new educational opportunity, Listen to the feedback that people are giving you, but not only listen to it, prove that you're listening through taking action. Ask them how you can improve your leadership. Ask your leadership team how you can improve and how they want to improve. When you raise your awareness within and outside of yourself, you're now all of a sudden showing the people that are following your leadership that are a part of your everyday ecosystem that you care and that you're growing. That is the ultimate level of transparency within leadership. And the third thing is you have to create accountability. If culture is going to matter to you, you have to create a level of accountability for yourself, for your leadership team, and for your employees, you can't just walk in the door every day and expect things to happen. And even the leaders that say, well, I have accountability, there's still too much that they leave to happenstance. They're taking a gamble on too much, whether it's hiring or development or hopeful sales results. I've seen it far too often with sales teams. It's like, well, they know they're supposed to sell, so they're going to go sell. But you've never taught them how to sell. Going back to listening to the data, I heard a statement the other day that over 80% of salespeople have never read a sales book. And I believe the reason that is, is because most salespeople work for a company who doesn't ever challenge them on growing personally. If you have a sales team, if you have a customer service team, if you have a tech team, whatever your industry is, if you're, if you're a pastor or a, a leader of a nonprofit, you should be challenging your people to read, to learn, to grow. You don't leave that growth and development up to happenstance. You actually have a strategy for it. That's creating accountability. Strategy empowers accountability. Strategy empowers accountability. If you don't have a specific strategy to implement for each part of your organization, then you will not have a highly functioning culture. It's impossible. Strategy gives you something specific to implement, and those actions and implementations give you something specific to hold yourself and your team accountable to. Make sure you're creating accountability. So I've given you those three large elements in why culture matters and a little bit of some things to implement when you're planting the seed for your big tree, right? For your pil pillars of culture. So let's talk quickly about learning to define your culture because it's one thing to know why culture matters. It's one thing to begin implementing a culture, designing a culture. 
But at some point before you do all that, you have to learn to define your culture. And once you've defined your culture, you have to learn what you're going to do with that. It doesn't just stay on a whiteboard, right? You have this cool think tank session with this working group and you design a real cool, awesome statement about our culture and here's what we're going to do, but then nothing happens except gathering dust on the whiteboard. Here's the first thing you have to do. You you need to ask yourself is number one, how have you defined your culture? And again, if you haven't, that's okay. It's just now time to do something with that. How have you defined your culture? Secondly, once you define your culture, how are you going to educate, clarify, and share the message of your culture? Everyone on your team should know your culture statement. They should know exactly how they are going to live, move, and exist within that ecosystem. Your customers, your clients, they should even know what your culture is about. A great, healthy company can immediately be identified through their culture and their customers and clients can immediately put their finger on what sets them apart. But that's only done through clarifying, educating, and sharing your message. Here's a really blatant question. What what is your turnover rate currently? Are you struggling with finding people? At this time, in this recording of this episode, we're coming out of a worldwide pandemic. We're transitioning. Are you one of those ones that's struggling to find really great people? You're opening your business back up. You're kind of getting back to work. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going from downsized to all of a sudden getting back to maybe even growth. So many companies are actually growing right now. But what is your turnover rate? Are you just settling for getting warm bodies in the room because you just have vacancies and your business is growing? Why are your people leaving? So when someone quits... Are you asking them those questions? And then are you taking those questions seriously? Why are they leaving? How are you finding out why they're leaving? And then what are you doing to hopefully and potentially prevent people from leaving? I will tell you this, the majority of the people that are leaving your organization, that can actually be eradicated almost totally. Really, the only reason people should be leaving your organization is because they're starting their own business. You've equipped and developed them so well that they're now becoming entrepreneurs themselves. Or maybe they are retiring at the end of their career, you know, and they're ready to move on. Or maybe that you've done such a good job and helped them build such success that they are moving on to bigger and better things that align better with their lives. In other words, the only people, re- the only reason people should be leaving your organization is because it's time for them to align with something else in a good way, not in a negative way. Why are people staying? That's a question <laughs> that we don't talk about often enough. Have you ever really engaged with your veteran team members and asked them, hey, what keeps you around? Why are you sticking around here? If you ask those questions, you're going to learn so much about what you should be doing or maybe not. You know, if you ask, if you ask Sue why she's been here for five, six years and she says, all right, it's just because I don't have anything else to do. I don't know what else I would do with my life. Then, you know, you need to make some serious changes. But if you ask Sue why she's been here five years and she says, you know, I've been here because you treat me the right way. Then you're going to ask, well, what does that actually mean? And how can we replicate that? Why is Sue experiencing that? But 30% of our other team is not. Why are people staying? Fourthly, how many people have you promoted from within? I think that is a major, major 
a sign of a healthy culture is when they can promote leadership and opportunities from within. And again, we listen to the data and the data tells us that. Anytime I see a company that is hiring from without, it makes me go, so they don't have anyone within their organization that could have taken that position? Because if not, that's on them, not on their people. So how many people have you promoted from within? Number five, do your team team members know clearly about the opportunities for advancement that exist and how they could step into those opportunities. You should be educating people daily about opportunities and growth that is taking place. And you should be educating your team daily on how they could step into those opportunities, about the potential for advancement. Because again, that creates a culture of growth and of hope and of opportunity. And you want people knowing that they have opportunity. Number six and last, how are you educating people to succeed rather than pushing them out the door? I find so many leaders have this weird fear that they don't want people to grow. And I don't really understand that. I think a great sign of a healthy organization is that they actually, you know, train other people to become entrepreneurs, that they actually invest in the education of their employees, that they actually give those opportunities for education, knowledge, and personal growth. Pride yourself on being the launching ground for people to go out and do other great things in the world. And I'm going to give you one more, actually, a bonus question. What systems do you have in place to show that you are listening, that you are paying attention, and that you're giving power to the voice of your team? I would say there's almost nothing worse than you asking someone a question to share their experience with you, and you don't do anything about it. You have to take action on the feedback that people give you. Now, sometimes you have to make a decision and maybe the, action, the, the feedback they've given you, you've decided that you know, the action you're taking is to consider it, but not do much else with it. But consideration is an action and people need to know that you're, you're sincerely considering their voice. That is the art of listening. So what systems do you have in play that you can prove that you're listening, paying attention, and giving voice to your team. Those are the reasons that culture matters. The definition of culture is how you live, move, and exist. The opportunities that you're providing, people are going to know really quickly if you, you are serious about the culture in your organization and for your people. You can't fake it, right? You can't fake your existence, The other day I did an interview and one of our guests, Dania Ossie, made a statement and she said, people people will soon find out if you're trying to get them to believe in a concept of who you are, but really they want to believe in who you actually are. And I believe that applies to when you're developing a successful team, a successful organization. Your employees are going to learn really quickly if you're just portraying a concept or if you're actually sinking teeth into culture. So make sure that are the steps that you're taking. Listen to the data, create some accountability, and give power to the voice of your employees. Thanks for listening to The Mitch Gray Show. If you're ready for some consulting and coaching on how to develop and design culture for your organization, if you're ready to learn the art of interviewing, the art of hiring, and the art of recruiting and development, I am your guy, and I'm ready and willing to help you get into the deep work 
of creating sustainable foundational success for your organization. So reach out to me today. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Follow me on social media. All of those links are in the show notes. And um, let's make some good things happen in the world. I want to help you succeed. I want to help your team succeed. And I want to make sure that all of us are growing with abundance and with alignment and with opportunity. So reach out today and let's make something happen. Thanks again. And we will talk to you soon.